It's 25 minutes after the hour here on the Toronto Large Radio Show. It's been a long night. <laughs> oh, yeah. Our good friend Harriet Katie is on the line, our right-to-know watchdog from Deerfield. Good morning, Harriet. Good morning, Rich. I'm not really calling about right-to-know. I'm calling about what I hear from the elections in Manchester. Mm. Oh, by the way, I should I should probably say this. Kino passed big in Manchester, and Manchester residents rallied behind their historic flag, like eighty seven percent of the vote. So I, I should maybe work those into my news read. Go ahead, Harriet. Um, one of the things Kino passing tells me that people want to find money to pay for things, and they're sick of paying higher property taxes. But I had an interesting conversation with my physical therapist yesterday who said he voted for Greg. And I said, then you voted for higher taxes. And he said, well, there are people who deserve raises. And I said, yeah, but. And I said, let me put it to you this way. My brother was a principal in Sarasota, and one of the things he got irritated about was he couldn't reward his really good teachers. Mm-hmm. He had to pay them the same as the bad teachers. Mm-hmm. And he would spend hours documenting to be able to have a bad teacher fired. And the same holds true with every single unionized group there is. They insist upon a salary that has to be given to all and steps at the same rate. Yep. And, it, and it just keeps escalating. It doesn't stop. So I said, we, we get into this by the fact that we were never supposed to have public unions. And Jimmy Carter re- rewarded with, you know, passing that we could have unions. I just, um, when I think of my excellent teachers for myself and my children, they didn't work less because they didn't get more. They had a pride. And when I see some of the teachers, I feel bad. They work hard. They work nights. They give to the kids. And I'm sure it's true of the police, the firemen, and so forth. But it really irritates me that nobody seems to see the crush that's going to be coming when the salaries have exceeded what the taxpayers can pay anymore. Right. Well, you know, you bring up a point, because I I heard this from time to time when I was out going door-to-door, and particularly in uh, Manchester Ward 8 with Jimmy LaHue, and Jimmy's response to this was, you know, we can't pay the good teachers what they're worth because we, we 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 have to pay the bad teachers the same as everybody else. And believe it or not, a number of teachers that we actually spoke to when Jimmy brought that up would would agree and say, yeah, that's that's an issue. I don't think anybody really knows how to set up a system, although thanks to our dearly departed friend Sid Glasner, I actually do have a way that perhaps I'd like to speak with Joyce Craig about because I have brought it to the Board of School Committee in advance of negotiations with the teachers. But um, th- that that's a real issue. The other thing is, though, on that point, when they say, you know, people deserve a pay raise, I, I don't know – I mean – I was talking to somebody who said, you know, the last contract with the teachers gave 
half the teaching force, more than half the teaching force, a pay raise of between 18 and 21% over three years. And the other half got a mere, I think, 11 because they didn't have those uh, annual step increases of 5.5%. So I'm. I mean, I, and if you asked them the next day, are they paid enough? What would they tell you? No, of course. But I, so I don't know. I don't. I don't. You know. And in, in, in Manchester, I mean, we've got the, uh, you know, we we've got the union leader printing everybody's salaries. We have 165 employees in the city of Manchester making at least 100 thousand dollars a year. Two thirds of them are rank and file policemen and firefighters. Where where does this idea that public employees are under – it persists. It persists despite the fact that the average teacher in the city of Manchester makes about $7,000 more a year than the average household paying the taxes to support them. And oh, by the way, based on uh, statistics from the Bureau of Labor, that household works on average 241 days a year versus the teachers 178 here in the Queen City. Where does this idea that they're underpaid come from? I should be so broke. And, you know, I know, Rich, um, we have it here in Deerfield. We just hired a Parks and Rec director. He was the assistant to the former director. The former director was earning about 53000 a year. They started this guy at 50000 a year. Our selectmen... Of course, he has seniority. Giving, they keep giving the salary of the former worker or more. Yeah. I mean, we hired a town administrator. The former administrator was earning 68000 This one's earning seventy five to start. Yeah, well, we have that in Manchester too. When a principal, you and know, when a principal's like position, employees are going beyond, and I keep saying, you're driving out the very people that made this little country town where you wanted to live. Well, that's Harriet. You've you've touched on it. I like to call it ethnic cleansing. <laughs> they like to come in. There's a certain group of people move into a town. They go, you know, this is this place is ripe for development and made into. A, a wonderful place to live for a certain class of people. Mm-hmm. And they, look at Hopkinton. You, you look at the stats. How many poor people live in Hopkinton? Zero. Right. You know, that's not an accident. That's ethnic cleansing. You raise the taxes so a certain group of people have to move out. Mm-hmm. And if, if you think I'm joking, oh, this, is, this is a theory. No, this, no, this works. The well, that's the same thing. You know, that's the same thing with restrictions on zoning and minimum lot sizes and, you know, all this conservation land. You make land a scarce commodity in, in the town. You create uh, you, you create an artificial demand that causes or an artificial factor that causes the prices to spike. And then you've got all these development rules that makes it even more expensive. And before you know it. Um, in, in the end, you have people who can no right. longer afford to live where they comfortably lived coming to the selectman's meetings or, or at any meeting and shaking their fist in anger, and they look crazy. Right. Well, yeah, they've been had. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, Harry, our it, town historian right. says that we have widows in this town that are using five months of their Social Security to pay the taxes, and they were born and grew up here. Yeah. So – what what we've done is hurting and and I just don't know the roundabout circle we've gotten into with we must pay more because we've got a contract that we've got to negotiate and I won't get elected if I don't give them what they want yeah well that's that's a problem and yeah. they don't mind giving somebody else's money 
Harriet, we appreciate the call. Thank you for uh, those important insights into this discussion. Thanks, Harriet. Thank you. Bye. Right. And, and so th- these are some of the questions that, uh, you know, Ted Gatsis was often criticized for, for raising or how he handled them. But these are some of the questions that Joyce Craig is now going to have to answer. So if you respect the tax, see, and I had this conversation with multiple people when I was out going door to door. Because, you know, I'm, I'm viewed as this, anti, uh, th- this anti-education, this anti anti-union guy, whatever it is, because I, I draw a, a pretty bright line in the sand. I said to a teacher, I said, look, uh, when I was out going door to door, we got Eddie in Manchester. I'll take Eddie first, and then I'll share what I said to the teacher. Because it happens to be something I actually believe in, and I think it goes beyond teachers. It goes to all public employees. Go ahead, Eddie. Thanks for calling. Hey, Rich. Um Great show. Listen, I just want to say congratulations to all the winners, right? And with mm-hmm. regards to a lot of the negativity I'm hearing towards Joyce Craig and others, I just want to say this, and I think you and Ed will both agree. Let's give each and every winner yesterday, including the uh, Joyce Craig, yep. the blank slate that they deserve. Well, and you I- don't know how they're going to govern. You really don't, right? No, and, you know Eddie, I mean? and Eddie, I and I—if you were listening earlier in the show—I've actually said that multiple times. As a fellow elected official, okay. I am willing to clean the slate and, uh, yep. you know, listen to whatever Joyce Craig um, uh, wants to do. What her proposals are, I'm more than happy to share whatever thoughts I have on anything. And I said, if Joyce wants to work collaboratively with anybody and everybody, because that's what she says her style of leadership is, then she has a blank slate and an open door with me, and I used as proof the way that I have been able to work with people on this school board who, as you know from being a listener to the show, I was like mortal political enemies with, like Debbie Langton and um, whatchamacallit, uh, Art Beaudry, uh, you know, uh, yeah, before Art I got Beaudry, elected yeah. to the board. So, you know, I deal with yeah. issues as... They present themselves. I do not deal with personalities if I can at all avoid it. There you go. All right. Thanks, Rich. Right. And so that actually feeds into what I was going to say. Eddie makes a good point. Tabula rasa, give everybody a chance. And so, but now, now, now some of the things that Joyce Craig are going to have to deal with are these, how do you handle this in a, you know, in a limited, uh, in in an environment of limited resources? What's, how do you handle it? How do we handle this in an environment of limited resources? And I was telling these teachers, I said, look, you know, because, the, you know, one of these teachers started with the martyr routine about how hard their job is. And I said, okay, I, I get that. But would your job be easier if your class sizes were smaller? Yes, it would. So what's better for you as a teacher and the kids in the classroom? Having the district allocate its resources to putting the correct number of teachers in the classroom, adding to the course offerings that you've told me the district needs to have, and... Uh, putting the the, the materials, uh, the raw materials, resources, books, whatever you want to call it, into the classroom. Is it more important for the education of the kids and your ability to do what you tell me, properly do your job with the correct number of kids in your classroom? Is that more important than the pay raise that you get? Because I said to him flat out, I said, in an environment where we have to pick and choose our priorities and allocate our resources accordingly, my priority is to make sure that there's the correct amount of staff that the course offerings are what they need to be, which gets me back to the correct amount of staff, and that the materials, the raw materials, classroom materials that are needed to educate the kids are available. Once we spend our money on that, once we get the system to a point where it is functioning the way you say it needs to function, then doesn't it make sense that we discuss pay raises with any dollars that are left over after that? 
Is it, is it better for the kids for you to have a pay raise or is it better for the kids to have that extra teacher that will lower the class sizes or offer the class that can't be run or have that book that you say is necessary? See, that's how I look at it. And I don't care if it's a teacher in a classroom. If the fire chief says, you know what, we need to put another 20 guys on the job because dot, dot, dot. Well, fine. I can't give you a $4 million pay raise over two years and put 20 guys on the job. If the police chief says I need to go from 237 to 250 sworn officers to do the job, great. I can't do that with a three-year contract that forces the entire police budget up by more than 25% and not blow people out of their homes. So these are the things that people are going to have to now come to the table and answer if they're really got fresh new ideas on how to govern the city because until and unless i see something that says to me they understand the fiscal realities then i'm left to conclude that their fresh new idea is a tax cap override that will reward the unions for the big ask and prevent us from being able to put more people on the job to do what everybody says needs to be done. And that goes for schools, that goes police, that goes to highway, that goes to fire, that goes for them all. This is Gerard at Large. <laughs>